Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Shift Show, where my number one goal is to bring you the tools, ideas, and the latest science to help you change gymnast lives. My name is Dave Tilly, and today in the podcast, we're going to give some love to the men's gymnastics community. Um, I know I have a lot of guests on who talk about you know women's artistic stuff, and we've uh, gotten a huge demand for people wanting to know about more technical knowledge, right? So like drills, skills, progressions. We had uh, Nick Ruddick on a few times talking about floor and vault. We've had some other great coaches on here talking about technical pieces, and I kind of wanted to make sure I gave some more attention to the men's side as well. And so I asked uh, the legendary Tom Meadows if he would come on and just, you know, in general, people wanted to know about parallel bars and high bars, and we really those are just absolutely massive topics to cover. So we kind of broke things into starting just on P-bars. And then within this one, Tom really goes into how developing the peach and the peach handstand is probably a huge foundation for a lot of other skills on parallel bars. And so he just gives a monster clinic here on uh, on how to work through the basic progressions of a peach and going all the way up through advanced skills. But he talks about drills, skills, what to do with grip and hand care, and you know where do you start, what drills are probably good for what ages. And uh yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. I think that a lot of the guys, uh, listen, the guy, guy gymnastic listeners are going to like it. But also, from a women's artistic point of view, I was picking up a ton of stuff too in relation to in bars and kind of ideas like that. So definitely do yourself a favor if you're involved in either uh, discipline, kind of listen and trying to soak up some of the ideas. So um, along with that, I think beyond the technical stuff, a lot of the principles that Tom talks about with like consistency and developing, you know, the right aspect of letting the kids do it for themselves and not always spotting and stuff. I think are universal for everybody here. So. Like I said, I would do yourself a favor and listen to it, you know, a couple of times for the drills, but then also just soak up some of the the bigger picture ideas that he brings about. So Tom is more than gracious with his time and I can't thank him enough for coming on, but I think he's going to become a very popular guest on the podcast. So we'll try to get him back on for some more stuff in P-bars and then hopefully uh, bridge the discussion down to some high bar work. So hope you guys enjoy this parallel bar lecture with Tom Meadows. All right, we are back in action with... The Parallel Bar Whisperer, Tom Meadows, how are you? <laughs> I don't know about whispering. There's a little bit of yelling going on there. Uh, doing great. <laughs> I have uh, I promised everybody listening that if they listen, they're going to have a Bobzar and a Peach Dion one and a quarter. So no pressure. <laughs> I would like to listen to that lecture. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, setting the stage for this, uh, you'll be proud to know you have one of the highest downloaded podcasts that we did in the last year. So props to you. You gave amazing information. And as soon as I posted it, people were like, more, more, we want more. And they wanted more technical stuff. So I asked you if you would come back. This is going to become the Tom Meadows series. You realize this is going to be like a six part podcast episode. All right, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) So we were talking about what to go first. People really want to know about P bars and high bar. And we said that that is a lot of information, even to cover just one event in an episode. So what are we going to do today? Chat. So I was thinking uh, with with the concept of parallel bars, you know, like you said, we were, we're discussing, it's just so much information to to hit. And especially if you want to be, you know, uh, in depth with the information to say, okay, let's do parallel bars. It's just mm-hmm. too much. So I was thinking one of the, the tougher skills to teach and kind of understand, I know, especially me in my younger career was a peach handstand yep. uh, and the idea of the peach. So I figured uh, I can go through a little bit of history of what I've done with the peach and some ideas that we use in our program, kind of the development, the progression for a peach. It kind of takes you into the later years of how to use the peach. Yep. So I was thinking, you know, we kind of dive into the peach handstand, the peach basket and the development of that of that skill uh, with some uh, some drills and progressions and a little bit of strength with it. But uh, uh to cover all the parallel bars, I mean, that's, I think P-bars is the most daunting event. Everybody says, oh, pommel horse, pommel horse. Uh, well, pommel horse, you teach a good circle and you can teach a lot of stuff. Mm, yeah. Parallel bars, you've got support skills, giant skills, peach skills, 
uh, upper arm skills, yep. uh, all these different areas. And you look and you don't know where to attack from. So uh, if we attack one area at a time, um, I think peach is a good place to start. Uh, yep. I can do things on the giant that'll take an hour. I've done, like I said, I've done these lectures. I've done a peach lecture for an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half yep. and almost didn't finish. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so just on that skill and the same thing with the giant. So yep. uh, I'd like to talk to about a peach cause I really, I like how we develop it. Um, I like the path. I think it's a good path. A lot of people have, have expressed how they like the path sure. uh, that they've used this, this kind of idea. So I'd, I'd like to jump into that. Yeah, man. So I'll just give my two cents before I just let you talk because clearly you're the expert. But um, one is that a lot of the principles that are probably in a peach will resonate with many other aspects of P-Bars in terms of development and shaping and stuff, which is one. And two is um, I think it speaks to why you're such a respected coach because you take the time to go slow and really map out progressions and, and chip away at it and not just be like, let's try a peach. You know, let's just try this. Let's just try that. Like that's yeah. not how that's not safe and it's not optimal for long term progression. Definitely a peach. Definitely a peach for sure. You know, this this is a skill that's you can start super young uh, and take a long time to develop before you ever even use it mm-hmm. uh, at the highest level. So it's, it's, you know, we start guys even at level sixes uh, doing some different progressions to use a peach when they become level 10, when they're, mm-hmm. you know, 13, 14, even with technical sequences doing a peach support is that for me, it's doing a peach, but it's not developing the peach handstand. Yep. And so, but how do you get there from step A to step B and you just introduce it when you're 11 and 12 years old, you know, no yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot. So I, I, I really believe there's a, a long-term path here mm. um, that you need to start early and stay consistent. Um, if you want to develop that skill set for later, which I think uh, everybody needs to de- develop a peach of some sort, mm. uh, some way. And, you know, some guys use it, some guys don't. Yep. Um, but to be at the highest level of our sport on parallel bars, a peach is used a lot. Yep, for sure. Set the stage well. So where do we begin? What do we do, what do we do first? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, with the peach handstand, my I a little history. Yep. I yep. was horrible at a peach myself as an athlete. <laughs> Same. I didn't understand it, and everybody kept saying stalter. And I did stalters awesome on high bar. I was a good stalter guy, uh, but I didn't get the peach. Uh, I started coaching peaches, and I I kind of understood what to do, how to teach it, what to say. But I, I truly never really understood the facet of the peach. There was something missing. You know, everybody kept saying the drop and get to the bottom and turn over. And, and, and I just, there was something missing. So as I'll refer to my last podcast that we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, I had Moss Watanabe in my gym four times a year. And so it got to a point where I said, Moss, I'm, I, I need to start over with the peach handstand. I need you to work with me. I need you to, 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 discuss this skill uh you know let's go back to the ropes and start start scratch and so we did we went to the gym one day it was one of my fa- i mean i remember this this was probably 15 years ago uh, it was one of my favorite days in the gym we went in and i grabbed a couple guys i said moss let's start over let's develop a peach path i want i want a plan a b c d e and so forth and he said well i don't have one i said well let's develop it <laughs> so we, did. we developed a plan so uh, we we came up with a plan uh, and to, uh, for lack of, of better words, we, we came up with this skill set, this set, uh, plan here. And so what we did, uh, with my plan is basically we go from drop kip, then we teach a cast to upper arm. Then we teach a cast forwards for distance. Then we teach a cast for height. Then we teach a cast to candlestick. 
Uh, and I'll go through through all these little steps. Then we do peach to elgar pan stand, and then we do peach handstand. And it sounds simple, uh, but it's time consuming. And it's just like everything else we do in gymnastics uh, with each drill and, and, and setup we do. Everything is for a specific reason. You know, all of this list of drills of what, two, four, six, seven drills, uh, six drills leading to the peach handstand, not one of them teaches the peach by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, each part of it has a specific reason. Uh, and so we start them at different times and we, we move through the progression uh, and we periodically go back to different ones at different stages of the peach so that we can kind of hit those different things. And so uh, we developed this in this, this one workout, it was about a two and a half hour day of peaches uh, with a couple guys. Um, but we came up with this, this path. Uh, and it's been, like I said, it's probably been since about 2000, I want to say five, uh, probably 15 years mm. since we developed it. And I have stuck to this plan and this path since then. Mm. Uh, and I'm not going to say that I have the best peaches in the world, uh, I'm not going to say I have the most peaches in the world, but I've used this and it's worked very well for me. I've even had guys come into our program with, with kind of an understanding of a peach. Mm. And I would, took them all the way back to the beginning of this and they developed a very nice peach. Uh, so this is, it's worked for me. It's worked for us in our program. So uh, this is the path that I use Sweet. Uh, in terms of, you know, step A, step, you know, one, two, three, four, five, this is the steps I do. Yeah. And it's not one of those, okay, once you do this, don't ever go back to it. We, right. like I said, we go back and forth. I've had guys who, uh, I've got one kid who's 14 who does a pretty awesome peach handstand for a little 14 year old. Uh, and we go back to step three all the time, mm. uh, just to, to redefine the cast. The kids are growing so much. Sometimes they grow and all of a sudden their length gets different. Yeah. They miss their bottom. They miss their peach. So we have to go back and do this drill. So it's not a specific one. We just kind of hit and miss and, and we know our athletes. So we know which one to go back to. to. So, uh, so I can start from the beginning. Yeah, please do. Uh, with, a drop, with a drop kip. And I think most people know what a drop kip are at this point. Uh, and we start teaching these at the very youngest ages. You know, you got a kid who learns the kip. For level six, mm. you know, level five, level six is doing kips. Uh, we get them up on the bars, just like on high bar or girls bars. We teach them the drop kip. Mm. Good old fashioned from support, dropping back. And I'll do a, a, a sequence where I do a drop kip from a straight body support. So they simply drop back into the kip and kip back up. And then I make it do them from an L. So the goal is to push their hips as far back as possible and trying to get their shoulders all the way open mm-hmm. to create that nice bottom. A nice long extension swing to the bottom for drop kip. Uh, then I'll have them go where they go from a support and they push back and go to a stand on a block. Mm. So that when they stand on the block, they're probably about elbow height for the bars. Yep. And then from there, drop kip. So they're kind of getting the push away now and getting the turnover. And then they eventually just swing back, push back, miss the block for a good drop kip. Yep. Uh, for me, that sequence uh, once they're doing kips and like level six ish, uh, level seven, between that age, they got a strong kip. We start developing, I put them off on the side and they'll do that sequence. Uh, and it's a simple sequence. It doesn't take a lot of time. You put a block there and the kids are developing that basket swing at the bottom and every kid's different. You know, some kids are going to do a deep pike. Some kids are going to do a little bit more open pike. Some kids are going to do a free hip. Mm. Uh, I teach the deep pike from the beginning just to get the basket and we develop it as we move forwards. 
Okay. Uh, we'll talk about the drop here in a second because there's a there's a there's a debate about drops as well. Yep. Um, but that's the sequence I start with, and then you know, very young, you know, nine years old, eight, nine, ten years old, depending on where they are, with their age and development. But when I'm starting, when they're learning kips, and I know that they're going forwards, they're going to have to learn a peach because everybody has to learn a peach. We start that sequence right away off on the side, and it's a it's a cool sequence. They can do it on their own. Uh, there's not a lot of getting over there and spotting to it because it's a it's a kip. Yep. You can do a kip, you can do a kip. So, you know, you find the bottom, you find the basket, and it's a great self-teaching skill because if your bottom drops out at the bottom, you don't get to swing forwards and make the kip up. Mm. So it's a self-teaching tool to get in the position uh, for a drop. So that's my sequence I love to do. Yeah. Uh, and as they're getting that sequence down, then I start teaching them the old, good old-fashioned cast to upper arm. Most of us old-school guys used it in our compulsory routines, <laughs> uh, even used it in our optional routines. Uh, so we just do the good old fashioned basket all the way up to the armpits and out. And I don't do the old school where you go and you have to land in the basket yeah. uh, cause that's too hard at the beginning. I want them doing the bat, the cast and actually having to extend their body out okay. to their armpits. Yep. Uh, because now the one part of the peach, a lot of people forget about is there's an actual open face mm. uh, to a peach to get the handstand, you know, that they'll turn over peach to support, you know, okay, you're teaching a drop, but does it teach the peach handstand? And right. that's a big debate. Right. Uh, I don't believe it does. It teaches one part of it, not the other part of it. So we do cast to upper arm to extension. Uh, as they're getting that, and then I get them put on, on the end of the bars. And now we use that cast to upper arm. And now we get them on the end of the bars. And like on high bar, when you're teaching little kids to do an undershoot, and you get them under, then do the undershoot. Okay, throw your body way out there. Yeah. Or go over a barrel or, or do those drills. Mm -hmm. I'm taking that drill and I'm putting it on parallel bars. So now we go on the end of the bars. And I set the block up and we do the same sequence. We do the cast and the, the drop cast and we do cast for distance. Okay. And so I put a mat out on the end of the bars and we have to cast and we have to throw our arms all the way out. Mm -hmm. So they start understanding that there is an open phase to this skill eventually. Yeah. Is it the right technique for everything? It's absolutely not the right technique on the front side because you got to get into the basket to turn over, but then all of a sudden you're opening out flat. Mm. If you open out flat for a peach handstand, no way. Yep. Uh, but you've got to teach the upside down part and to be able to get the explosion to open up for the second part of the phase. Mm. And again, they're young guys, they're little guys, and but they're having a ball, <laughs> having a blast. How yeah. far can you go? You know, can you go all the way up and out? Can you go up and then way far out there, land on your feet, land on your back? You play different games, put the mats up a little bit, go sh shoot out high. But the important part is, is the further you go, there's a lot of times dependent on how well you drop in the back sure. and get upside down to create that length. Yep. So we do a lot of the cast forwards. When you start seeing them getting that understanding of getting upside down and creating that distance, now we go cast for height. So how do you do cast for height uh, with them on their own? So I take the old school drill. I take two different drills and put them together. So at this point in time, most kids have been learning a flyaway on high bar hmm. because they're probably level six. Well, they have to do a flyaway on high bar. Uh, so they understand the flyaway drill, the candlestick position. Mm -hmm. uh, so now we do cast for height, and it's basically cast to candlestick. Gotcha. And so they do the same position, same drop positions on the, bot, on the end, from a support, from an L seat, go to stand. And what we try to do is we try to go cast, and how high can you get to candlestick before you drop on your back onto a mat? Mm-hmm. And what I do is I make them do it by themselves. Uh, so some guys will do the drop and just <laughs> drop right down to their back and not have any height because yeah. they just haven't figured it out yet. 
so for me, I want them to figure out how to engage their muscles mm. to use that work. And so I make them do it on their own. And so when I see them starting to get to the bottom and start to get a little rise to where you can see their shoulders starting to lift a little bit to that candlestick and then drop, uh, I'll start getting underneath them. And I tell them basically, if you can get your shoulders to bar height, I'm going to get underneath and spot you mm-hmm. because now I'm going to spot you and let you feel a lift and feel pressure on your hands mm. to get up almost that candlestick position before they drop off, drop off on their back. Yep. And so now as you can picture this, you can picture that, that circling action, that bottom, and now the explosion with their legs, their arms, their chest, all working to try to get to that candlestick. Yep. And suddenly we're working their peach to handstand Yeah. without them understanding it, without them knowing that we're doing peach handstand. So I'll get underneath them. I'll spot them and I'll get under that candlestick. I'll get my hand underneath their shoulder, my hand on their lower back, just like you'd spot a flyaway on high bar. Mm. It's the exact same thing. So I'm getting anything going up the candlestick, letting them go down on the ground. And then as they, they, that you can feel their pressure. Yeah. Okay. Now we're just going to go to the candlestick and go off on the other side. Mm. And the important part about that is they're, they're learning that pressure, but they can't get there if they don't develop that good circle in the back. Mm. So, that that's kind of going up to candlestick and then going to Elgar. So going backwards while I am doing all of this, you know, we're, we're obviously doing some strength and some conditioning on the side and everybody kind of know, you know, getting the, the, the little small weights or the bands or the bungees and doing the sit-ups and Elgar yeah. and that that's all fine and dandy and it works. I've got some great drills on the floor that I do as well. But before we start going into some of the strength stuff, uh, what I would like to talk about a little bit in terms of, of the peach itself is the, the, the debate on a peach mm-hmm. uh, and, and all these drills can teach either way you want to go, you know, and what's the big debate on a peach, a free hip drop or a stalter drop, mm. you know, do you say straight and do the old school free hip drop or do you do the big deep basket yeah. that you see a lot of Japanese guys do? Yep. I am in between uh, and I hate to sound wishy-washy, but I'm more of a hybrid drop, man. And I, it's funny, Majika and I were talking about this years ago, uh, talking about yeah, it's more of a hybrid. Uh, it's not a free hip. It's not a. It's not a, a, a complete deep basket. But you're using both. Yep. And so I'm looking at my drops. Uh, no matter what you do, you you know, let's go back to high bar. When you teach a stalter, what do you teach first? A free hip. Mm. Okay. You don't. Nobody teaches a stalter before a free hip. Uh, if there is somebody out there, kudos to you. Great <laughs> job. You're awesome. You're way better than I am. You teach a free up first because you got to teach the backwards momentum and the backwards circle. Uh, and you got to teach the rotation, uh, how to rotate your body backwards to get upside down, to create, make the bar bend, mm-hmm. to create the explosion upwards. So the easiest thing to teach at the youngest ages is a free up because the stalters and the straddling, the flexibility and the strength is very hard. Yep. So that's obviously easy because you're creating that circling action. How do you get your shoulders to circle upside down to make the bar bend, get your hips upside down to make that action. So back in the day, it was free up style peach. Mm. Now you've got this stalter style peach where everybody gets in that super deep pike, real big basket, like an in bar stalter on high bar or a super deep regular stalter on high bar. And a lot of people uh, see that. And you know, a lot of the Japanese are very well known for these peaches. They do great flexibility. They create that great peach. Uh, but if you watch the Japanese a little closer, they do the hybrid version. What I, what I like to call a hybrid version is they get the free hip started. They start like a free hip. They let the stalter action happen and then they explode. And so they're never truly in some of them do, but most of them, 
don't truly get in that big, deep basket at the beginning and yeah. stay there the whole way. Yeah. Uh, they get into a, a free hip start, then into a, a, a rounded compression position and use their strength. Mm. And here is where it depends on the individual. Some guys are going to be able to do a real deep basket because they've got that flexibility and they've got that style to really open up. Some guys are going to be less compressed because they got a little bit more strength, a little bit more speed, and a little bit more weight on the bottom to create the bars to bend. And I don't teach either one. Mm. I want to see a rounded shape from shoulders, open shoulder angle, rounded chest, rounded hips, and the degree of compression is dependent on the individual. And I've got tons of individuals in our gym. <laughs> and I've got tons of flexibility. Um, with some kids and they just, they don't compress all the way because it just takes too long for some of them. Sure. Some of them have to use it because they don't have the strength. So they use a little bit more of the swing. And I've had, I had a six foot two kid <laughs> who did a free hip peach handstand mm. and he did a lock arm free hip peach handstand. I had another kid who was pretty good. He did free hip south peach half. Mm. So it, it truly depends on the athlete and it depends on your eyes as well mm. on what you see and what you feel. Uh, my recommendation is I use the hybrid. I use a little bit of both. I teach the free hip stop, start the free hip start. And then I let them get in that basket and it depends on the individual. Mm. And I can't tell you, you know, a five foot 10, the higher guy goes a free hip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five foot high 10 does a staller because he's longer. He's lengthier. It truly, truly depends on the kid. But going back to that drop kip station, the cast upper arm, the cast forwards, the cast for height, you start learning about your athlete mm. and you start learning about what compression ability is he able to use? Can he use the deep compression? Can he react that fast? Can he, does he need to be a little bit more open, but more rounded in the hips and use that, use that style. Mm. But the most important thing is getting upside down at the bottom mm. is creating a circle. So many people think about, okay, get way far back behind your hands. And the big argument I have is what's getting behind your hands. And I think we see this a lot where we say, okay, get in that big rounded shape, get way far back. Well, if you can picture a kid getting way far back and pushing his hips way far back to get in that compression, has his shoulders moved? Mm. And a lot of times his shoulders haven't moved. And when you're teaching a free up, guys or girls, what's the biggest mistake they make? They pull their feet forwards and they don't push their shoulders back. Mm. Well, the biggest mistake on a peach handstand of any kind is – they don't have their shoulders moving to create the circle because a circle is a peach. It's a stalder. It's a free hip. That shoulder movement creating the circle is the biggest mistake because they think about getting into the compression. So, you know, it's the old, uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. You know, here, does the compression happen or does the circle happen first? Mm -hmm. right. For me, it is the circle because guys can get into this big, deep pike and compression or whatever they want, but if they haven't fallen backwards mm. and created that rotation, well, then they haven't started a peach. Mm. And so when do they get in? When do you create that compression? For me, I want the rotation. So how many times we get on free hips on high bar or girls bars, and we try to get, we do the old school, the drill where we go down, stand on the block, and then go. Yep. Why do we do that drill? It's to get the kids, behind, not just behind the bar, away from the bar, but it's got to get away from the bar. Well, I can get away from the bar as I want, much as I want, but if my shoulders don't get behind the bar, to fall below the bar, mm. we don't create the circle in the rotation. Mm. So for me, again, going to this drop kip and that, that basic sequence at the beginning, the stand, you know, fall backwards. L seat, push back as far as you can and then drop because that's teaching how to get into the big the compression and find out how compressed can you be. 
then the fall back to stand. Elbows about shoulder height, so you're vertical, straight up and down, and then get in a compression. That, for me, is the magic moment. Gotcha. Is can you get to vertical? Sorry, I'm going to get myself in the camera here. Yeah. Can you get to vertical with your shoulders behind your hands yeah. to start the backwards momentum? And with all of these drills, whether before you go to peach handstand and doing all this stuff, that's what most of these drills for me is teaching is because I have a block below the bars and they have to go to stand to create, reinforce that position. Cause if they don't get to vertical, they're not doing a peach handstand mm-hmm. shoulders behind the hands. Key, key thing. And then again, like you said, everything relates to everything. Go to high bar or go to girls bars. Whoever's watching you teach a staller or a, a toe on or an in bar staller or a free hip the magic moment is shoulders behind and underneath your hands. Mm. And that's the key. And so by doing all of these drills before I ever get to peach handstand, I'm reinforcing that position no matter what, because whether you're casting for distance, casting for height, going to Elgrip, doing a peach handstand, doing a peach reverse pirouette, peach half, peach full. The key thing is setting it up with that drop mm. and getting shoulders behind the hands to create that momentum no matter what. That's why there's a lot of guys these days who are doing peaches from a jump. Mm. And why do they do it from a jump? Because they're jumping and their shoulders are already behind their hands. And boom, there's the power. Yeah. They've already got it set up because uh, they might have trouble going from a handstand. Uh, so that's that's kind of my, my, my focus, mm-hmm. so to speak, when I'm talking about peaches, when I'm, when I'm looking at them, when I'm setting up all of my drills. It wasn't to can I get to handstand. It's how can I create that momentum to make the handstand happen? Because the handstand is a result of the power of the drop and the circle right. of the drop. Right. And it doesn't have to be a strong kid. Uh, I've seen some little tiny little guys who got these great pressure shoulders way far back and they're just using their momentum of swing. Mm. I mean, we watch little eight and nine year olds do stalters on high bar, right? They got the power to do it. And so it's just a different grip and it takes a little bit longer to develop, but it's the same swinging action on parallel bars. Mm. And so this whole topic, when I started here kind of rambling a little bit is the whole, you know, free hip versus versus stalter drop is I use that hybrid because it's all about getting the shoulders back and behind. And now there's actually an athlete, a couple athletes I've watched on the international stage and you watch them and they actually do both drops in mm. their routine. Mm. One guy will do a free hip drop for a peach half and then the big stalter drop for a peach. And I've seen another guy do the stalter drop super deep for peach half mm. and then a free hip for a peach handstand. Right. Chris Brooks was one of them. He did one drop for a half, one drop for a peach handstand. I'm like, holy cow, but it, it depends on what works for the athlete. And but the most, but he still was able to do it. Why? Because the shoulders getting under, creating that circle, yep. creating that rotation. I know people who have heard me before, heard any of my lectures. I know you're out there and I know you're saying Tom stop saying rotation because <laughs> that's my that's my word in gymnastics, is rotation. Yep. I, everything I see is rotation. Rotate, rotate, rotate. Flip, rotate, because everything else is a result of rotation for my eyes and how my brain works. So that's where I'm at on those skills as we get there mm. um, in terms of the the dropping, the peaching. And again, the, my, my, my process is drop kip, cast to upper arm, that cast forwards for length, cast for height. As they're getting higher, I do that cast to candlestick and then go and let them go all the way up to L grip. And from there, it's learning how to hop. Mm. Uh, which can be difficult. 
However, in most cases, uh, guys who are doing peach handstands have learned giant handstands. Mm. So they've learned that hopping phase. And I'll, I'll talk here in a couple, in a second about some drills to help teach the hopping phase as well, because it applies for both peaches and giants along with some other drills I do on the floor for the peach. So, uh, so that's kind of my, my development, my developmental path. Mm. Uh, obviously I'm looking very heavily at the same way as, as you do a staller. If you do a staller, you do a peach. It's all the same things. The shoulders open, the chest down, the round hips, keeping pressure. But by doing these drills, I hate to say it, but they're almost self-teaching drills. Right. You know, you put them on the end and they can't, if they can't go higher, well, you got to create more power Mm. on on the drops. You got to get in and fall backwards, fall backwards and get underneath to swing higher, to swing higher. You're not going to go over. You can manipulate them all you want and show how good of a spotter you are. And say, look, you're going higher but he's not really developing that, that skill unless they're doing it on their own, in my opinion. So I set up a lot of stuff. A lot of my drills are self-teaching, yeah. so I don't have to get over there and do everything for them yep. so they can feel their muscles work and create the action. And a lot of times they're making some mistakes, uh, but we all know that boys aren't perfect yeah. and aren't going to be perfect. So you've got to allow them to make those mistakes and, and reinforce the body positions and reinforce the shapes. So that's why you find other ways to do things. Uh, other drills on the floor, which which I'll, I'll talk about here in a second, mm. to help fix those body shapes as you're working together. Again, mm. no one drill teaches the whole skill, mm. so you got to find different ways to to package them all together to create that package. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of my 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 stepping stone process. Uh, before I go into the drill, the, the some of the the floor drills and and strength drills, is there uh, anything else uh, that you want me to kind of touch on a little bit with with? I mean, that's a lot of information. No, yeah. Uh, to go through and I, and I have, I do have great videos that I use in my presentations when I'm, when I'm face to face in mm. in lecture type stuff mm. to kind of show and demonstrate some of this stuff. So I hope that my words and maybe my hands yeah, yeah. Uh, can kind of explain what we do and how we do. So, yeah, no, I completely followed. I think that was incredible. I think a question I was going to ask later in the podcast, but it's probably appropriate now is how do you develop is grip strength for you just developed through these drills and progressions or do you do extra stuff besides that? Cause I think a lot of kids from my experience, this is my fear. I couldn't really ever get past a real hard drop cause I was terrified I was going to peel off of the bottom and I did like suitcase a few times. So is that just strength and conditioning plus the drill progressions does it because people grow pretty quick sometimes and they gain 10, 12 pounds of muscle, you know? Yeah. So for us, uh, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't do anything specific for grip strength at all. Yep. I, I don't, I never really have. Uh, there's one thing I do in a summer circuit that might be a little bit of, of, of grip strength. I do a, a, in a big circuit when we're doing a little bit of a cardio circuit during the summer, just kind of getting their bodies going and, and continue with their cardio work since we're not in routine work. One of mm. the exercises we do is we simply hang on the parallel bars mm. and we put a little bit of a, like a weight vest on their heels yeah. and just hang. So one for me, my biggest pet peeve on parallel bars, which drives me crazy is guys hitting their feet on giants. Yeah. Or boys. It drives me nuts. Yeah. And so I just do it just kind of a little bit of a reminder. Hey, hold your heels up a little yeah. bit of hamstring strength. Yep. And it's a little bit of grip strength. And sure. Okay. Holding it. You know, it's just a quick, you know, 30 second hold while we're doing one of those little circuits. So it's not a big deal. Mm. Uh, I don't know that that really helps with grip strength because I, I did it last summer. I've never done it before. The one thing we do a lot of is we do parallel bars every day. Yeah. We do pommel horse and parallel bars every day of our workouts with our optional guys, our compulsory guys. It's every other day, uh, but we're doing something in long hang swing, no matter what every day. Mm. So they're swinging in that grip. Yep. And so the days we do parallel bars, we're swinging in that grip. We have rings with our compulsory guys. The other day, well, we're on high bar. And so we're doing high bar 
everything. So we're doing some kind of gripping hanging. Mm. Uh, when we get to the optional groups with level eights and up, we're doing pommel horse and parallel bars every day. It's a religion. Mm. Uh, and so, and our rotation is only 35 minutes. Yep. So we're not there for a super long time, Yeah. but because we're doing it on a consistent basis, sure. uh, they're developing that, that strength. And we're doing something long hang every day. Cool. And that's also how we develop not just grip strength, but the hand toughness. Right. You know, oh my God, the kids rips all the time. Well, it's just like everything else. When you do it consistently, you build up that tolerance and your yep. hands build up a tolerance and, and yeah, okay, you're going to rip, yeah. you know? And so you take time off of a rip and you, you do the right things, yep. but uh, we don't have too much of it. As I say that I've got a 16 year old who's got just a ginormous thing in his hand it's been <laughs> blood blistering and crazy. He's been coming back from injury. Yep. So he's got a soft. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. Siri's <laughs> listening to P-Bars. Uh, so, uh, so we don't do anything specific, but we do consistency. Yeah. That's, uh, we're big. consistent with parallel bars and it's not like, you know, it's not, okay. One day is an upper arm day. One day is a support day. One day is a giant day. Mm. Every day is an everything day. Yeah. Right. We do something everything every day. So we build that tolerance up. Uh, and so we do build up strength and when, you know, when we're doing giant development, we're not doing one giant. Yeah. We're doing, you know, as they're developing a giant, they're doing at least three in a turn. And as they start developing it, we're doing three in a row, five in a row, six in a row, seven in a row. It's just like on high bar, you don't teach one giant at a time. Yeah. You know, you get one giant. Okay. Now let's do three. Let's yep. do five. Yep. Get there and do 10. And so even our little guys are, are, you know, our level sixes and level sevens as they're learning their giants and doing that, they're doing sets of 10 and 15 giants. Yeah. Uh, developing the hand strength and, and just the endurance sure. on high bar. Uh, just to be able to do, you know, more than, you know, okay, I'm going to get up and do one giant, three-quarter giant, undershoot, fly away. Well, in three years, you're going to have to do a routine with, you know, 20 giants yeah. uh, with skills. Yeah. So it's kind of like the old idea of pommel horse of doing max out circles. We don't do max out giants because you would kill their hands. Yeah. But we have to develop that strength. Yeah. So we're kind of hitting it from both sides. But we do, uh, our, I'd say my biggest uh, advice is consistency. Sure. Yeah. And it's hard at the beginning because their hands do get hot. It is hard. But if you stay consistent, and we're not doing a ton of numbers. Like right now, my, my, uh, I'd say level eights uh, who do, you know, giant and tech sequence, they do a lot. They do a tapelt and two moist and a giant potentially in their P-bar routine and a peach. Yeah. So, you know, you're doing five, six skills under bar. Yeah. Uh, so if you only do it on one day and don't do it the next day, you, you, you lack consistency. So we're doing at least nine giants a day, close to nine peaches a day plus all their other optional work in their routine with their moisten to pelts. Yep. So it sounds like a lot. Uh, but if you think about how much you do in your routine and your warm up turns, your competition routines, all that, it's not a lot. Yeah. Uh, so we, we developed that number and there's been times where uh, coach Tom has gone on a little bit of a look, we're not doing as good as we should. So we're going to do a little bit more Yeah. Uh, kind of phase. And there's been days where we've done 25 giants in a workout. Mm. No problem. Yep. Uh, but you think about it, uh, and, and guys are like, oh my gosh, that many numbers. Uh, you think about how many peaches you do as you get older or giants in your routines and not just in a routine, but oh, by the way, you got to warm that up mm. and you got to do the routine and then you got to do parts. You know, you leave the, you leave the event and you've done probably 50, 60 skills below the bars on your hands. Yeah. And so the way to get there that people keep asking, well, how do you develop that hand strength is consistency. Yeah. It's through consistency. Same thing as on pommel horse. How do you build up the wrist strength? It's through consistency. Yep. You don't do anything and you're not going to go get strong and now, oh, okay, now my hands are going to be fine. 
That's not the case. Yep. Uh, you've got to do, be consistent with it. And so a lot of guys are saying, oh, yeah, rock climbing is helping with finger strength and hand strength. That stuff may help. Uh, I don't use it. I've never felt like I've needed to use it um, because what I've done has worked mm-hmm. and I haven't had issues with it in the past. Okay. Uh, so I, I can tell you that is what we've done. Uh, hand strength and wrist strength. I do my typical wrist strength I do for pommel horse. I have four exercises I do on a consistent basis since in my warm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the good old fashioned wrist push ups, uh, where you just flat hands and just pushing up kind of on your fingers. Yep. Uh, I do so wrist push ups. I do uh, uh, fingertip push ups. Mm-hmm. I do back of the wrist, either holds or push ups, depending on the age and the level. Yep. And then the uh, other one I do is forearms. Yep. Like we call them karate chops. Uh, you're literally on your forearm on the side of your hand and you're doing push-ups on the side of your hand. Gotcha. So it isolates a little bit of the triceps, but it stays on the side. Yep. We do those four exercises every day in our warm-up yep. uh, for wrist strength and forearm strength. And that seems to help as well. Cool. Uh, and guys who start coming up say, oh, my wrist is a little bit sore. Have you been consistent with your wrist stuff? Well, no. Yeah, yeah. Stay consistent with your wrist stuff. Uh, and I mean, and I'll, you know, not switching directions, but on parallel, but on pommel horse, I have 26 level eights, nines, and tens, 25, 25 level eights, nines, and tens. And I have two guys that wear a wrist brace. Hmm. Yeah. And that's it. And one of them just went through a crazy growth spurt. Right, right. And so he's you know, dealing with some stuff. So we're like, okay, yeah, we can deal with it right now. But we profess no wrist braces because we don't want the body depending on stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most times they don't just, they just don't have to yeah. uh, because they built up the wrist strength. They don't have the issues. And we swing palm horse every day. Yeah. We swing when well, we swing, I mean, 35 minutes, it's not overload, but it's consistent every day. Yeah. And so the same thing with parallel bars with the support swing, the armpit swing, the, yeah. the, the long hand swing, the peach swing, it's just the consistency builds the strength. That's not going to happen at the beginning. You're not going to be a level eight and come in and say, Oh yeah, I can do this every day. But you start building the numbers, you know, nine a day, whatever it is you're doing. I like the number nine sticks out in my head. It's <laughs> it's a good minimum number. Over 12 is too much. Nine is three sets of three yeah. on a daily basis. If you're doing it five days a week, six days, we do six days a week. We do six days a week, nine a day, times six, 54 in a week, 54 giants in a week. That's pretty good. Yeah. Not to mention what you're doing in your routines and in right. your halves and in your three quarters. Right. So that's kind of separate. So that's kind of a number that sticks in our head. Uh, which works out really well. So in terms of developing that hand strength, that's, it's not a secret, you know, it's not like, Oh, I've got this little special formula that I do. Uh, I don't have this extra the secret blend of really Caro and honey. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. It's just, you know, we just go and I don't, I I'm speaking on that issue. I don't, I don't let them use that stuff. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Until they're, about, until they're about level nine. Yeah. Uh, you know, level eights, they kind of get up and they just go. Some of them are using them. Some of them are doing, I mean, I got a couple of kids who do to pelt giant, Moist support, you know, moist support, peach. Mm. They're doing quite a bit. So you got to start letting them get there at some point in time. Yeah. But I don't like all these peach drills at the beginning with this level six, level seven. They don't use anything for that. They're not allowed to. Yeah. Uh, I don't let them use that stuff. So, uh, so I, I, because that, in my opinion, helps with learning grip strength. Totally. It's not a specific skill, a specific exercise, but by doing that, they're learning. And they're also learning not to false grip because mm. uh, they got to have a good grip. And if you false grip, you slip. 
So it's teaching them how to not fall script uh, by doing all this stuff without using all that other stuff. Mm. Uh, when they get a little bit older, there's, there's a necessity. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't ever tell them that they better not get on this podcast. And hear it. Um, <laughs> Cover your ears. <laughs> it's a necessity. Yeah. Right. It's a necessity as you get older with the number of skills you're doing. I mean, you think about somebody's below the bar routines are I mean, they're doing a high bar routine yeah. on two bars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, that's just, that's the way it is for it is on parallel bars right now. Yep. So you have, you, you have to be smart about it and you know, you have to accept the, the sport now. Yep. Um, so, so we let them use it and honestly it's whatever they feel. Yep. Uh, some people do Cairo, some people do honey, some people do sugar water, some people do salt water, some Pepsi, Coke, you know, whatever the newest fat is basically is what yeah. everybody likes to do. Um, most of our guys do honey. We have a little bit of sugar water that some of the guys have been using that have experimented with different ideas. So it just yep. kind of depends on the person. Cool. I don't have a secret formula. This is what's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they all kind of have their own things, what they do with their hands. Sweet. Yeah. I dig it, man. That was the only one's on mine. So I think we left off with peach to kind of that high candlestick position. So how do you bridge the gap then to getting people to handstand? Cause that's a pretty spooky transition for some people is, you know, yeah, actually that stall. So that, well, and that, and that just the hand change, yep. you know, yep. everybody keeps all the hop and that's the biggest mistake, the hop of the handstand. So, uh, I'm spotting a lot as we're starting to make that, that, that bridge, I'll get on the end of the bars and I spot, uh, and I'll spot on. So I'm, I'm a small guy, mm. uh, in, in height, not size. I'm trying to work on that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a smaller guy. So I got to get on the end of the bars. Uh, and, uh, so I have a block on the end of the bars facing the rails. Yep. Um, and so they're swinging towards me like you would spot a stalter on high bar. Yep. And I do the exact same thing. So they're swinging towards me. And again, this is where I make sure that they're able to get up to that candlestick position on their own. Mm. Cause if I do that cast where it drops out in front, <laughs> yeah, screwed. I'm going down. Uh, and they're going down on their own. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, you know, you have to know when they're there. And so this way I can just simply get on the end and get them on their hips and kind of round their hips up to that L grip and be able to kind of get them a little bit weightless. Yep. So they can feel the change of their hands. And so as we're doing that well before that, as they're developing all these other drills, I got them on low bars. Uh, and some of my favorite drills, I do them for both peach and giant, and it depends on the starting position. And so, uh, hopefully, I can explain this yeah. uh, without seeing it. So, a low set of parallel bars. Uh, you, I mean, if you don't have parallettes on the ground, uh, you just use any set of parallel bars. Mm-hmm. I like ones on the ground because I can use equipment on the ground to help me. So, I'll set up a low set of parallel bars, uh, and I'll set a board, uh, or you can use an uh, incline mat if you want to. But I like a board. Uh, put a board on there, downside, and on this, on the low side, I'll put off of the bars. Typically, I'll start with a barrel, a lower barrel, so it's about horizontal. So if you got in a push-up position, mm-hmm. you're at a, a horizontal position. Yeah. So I'll get them on the on the on their back in a basket position, and I'll simply just have them pop up out of the push the basket into a push-up position, staying in the L grip. Yeah. Showing that good round shape, feeling that pressure, but not pushing all the way open because you're not going to push back through support open because right, right. then you're reaching out in front of you. I want them pushing and keeping their hands under them in a good push-up position. Mm-hmm. So I'll get them up in that good round push-up position and get them comfortable with that. Understanding where that position is, the shoulders up, good shape. And so from here, now I'll make them go up. And as they're going up to the push-up position, now they have to change their hands and actually land in a hop right. in a push-up position. Right. So they have to feel this open, lifting of their shoulders. Their feet can get ready to get up on top of the, the barrel or a block and feel that change their hands. But what's great is they have to land in push-up, not way out here, not way underneath them. So they have to feel that pressure and that good hand-changing position. Yep. Because what's the biggest mistake 
everybody says that they make when they hop their hands. They throw their head out to look like this. Mm. Everybody does it. Okay. Unless you get a special kid that doesn't do that. Let me know who he is. I'm <laughs> watch him. Uh, but everybody, because what do they want to do? They're grabbing two bars. They want to see what they're going to catch. Yeah. It's human nature. Yeah. You know, you don't catch, you, obviously everybody does this when they go to catch that baseball and they miss it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to miss those set of parallel bars you're trying to grab. So you want to see what you're grabbing. And so the hard thing to develop is to understand that, that idea that, you're not picking your hands up and hopping onto the bars. They're just staying in your hands and just kind of feeling that roll around. And so by putting them on the ground and doing this, this drill, they can kind of feel their hands on the bar because they're not going to get very high. Yeah. You, you can't push up and get super hot. So you can kind of feel those hands roll around and stay in that good round hollow shape yep. and, and catch. Yep. So I do that a lot. And then as they get there and they get good in that position, you know, I'll, you know, like everything, just raise the surface yeah, yeah. or put a block and so you have to catch in handstand. Yep. And so we'll do the same drill up into L grip up against the wall to find where vertical is, find where that vertical position, the open is. And as you get there, you start changing the hop in your hands mm-hmm. and they'll make the body position bad mistakes, but it can't be too bad because if you're on a set of parallel bars and you make a bad body position, you can't grab the bars and you yeah. crash, Yeah. you know, for lack of better words. Yeah. And, you know, again, it kind of goes back to it's it's a self-teaching tool. You know, you can't do bad stuff and succeed. Otherwise, there's consequences. And that, that sounds brutal. Oh, you got consequences. But it's on a floor set of bars. It's about this high off the ground. Yeah, yeah, safe. You know, you got, it, it's, it's okay, I come down. Not a big deal. Yeah. Or you four roll down on the cheese mat or the, or the, or the board or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's not an unsafe situation. It's a, a very safe. It's a lot safer than actually going up on the bars and you having to catch them yeah. through that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as they're developing those drills on the, on the floor bars, as you're taking them through the exact same shapes, the exact same positions, it's a lot easier to understand those exact same mo- movements of changing their hands. Mm. And so that's kind of where I'm getting my catch, catch 22 of both of them. I'm, you know, okay, we're having a little trouble. Hop, let's go back. Let's do this drill. Let me help you with the position. Remember the shape. Let's get over here. Let's do the L grip again. L grip, change the hand. L grip, hop. And, and what's nice is because typically the peach handstands learned after the giant, mm. they've already done all this exact same thing with the giant because all those floor drills I do with the peach, with the, the body position, I do the same thing for a giant, except instead of starting in a, in a basket, they start laying down and they go like back extension. Yeah. And so it's, it's literally one day we'll do, okay, guys, set the stuff up, peach drills. Okay. Okay. Dad, set the same thing up. We're doing ba- uh, giant drills. So they go from a back extension position. So it's, it's reinforcing the same movements for two different skills all at the same time. Okay. And so by, by doing this, I'm killing a whole lot of birds in one stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While I'm taking the giant and the peach. And, uh, and, you know, you can do these, these, these back extension, the, the, the peach or the, the giant all the way down level six, level seven. Yeah. Cause they're getting used to what, what I like about the going into the, the giant in particular is I get them going back. Like I'll do the back extension without their hands on the bars. Yeah. So they have to actually back extension and grab the bars, Yep. which that's the scary thing is catching blind. Otherwise they do this, but by putting the board there, they can't put their head back. So yep. they're forced to feel the bars yep. and get that and, and find that position by and do the peach drill the same way. Their head's against the board. So they're having to use their lower body and figure out that strength to open up to that body position. Mm. So I love those drills. Those are my, my key drills on the floor that I'm doing while I'm doing peaches. So, and of course everybody does the back extensions on the floor, the back extension, the handstand, the back extension, four rollout, all those drills obviously all work together. 
but those drills on the floor bars, man, those are, those are my keys yeah. uh, with, with putting together the PT handstand because once you get to PT handstand uh, and you're developing that you know, same thing, okay, you did one, now do two, now do three. Mm. You know, now what have you done on the side in preparation with back extension work, with turning work, you know, swing out turns on high bar, blind changes, reverse pirouettes on parallel bars. What have you done there to now use the peach with something else, whether mm-hmm. peach half, whether it's traditional half or reverse pirouette, peach diamondoff, all those skills is just an extension of doing a peach. Yep. You know, now yep. have you done all the prep work ahead of that uh, to start developing peach halves, peach fulls, and that, that kind of stuff. So once you get to peach handstand, you've developed a great peach, uh, you know, now it's a matter of which way do you want to go? And that's your opinion with your athlete. Mm. Yeah. And I would say the only thing in my mind still sticking is, is there just like kind of, you feel it out when they look really good in those drills on the floor. And it's like, oh, you have a good pop, you have a good hand change. And then you see their drops aggressive on the actual bars. Then you stand in for just a couple and spot those last ones and then let them go on their own. Uh, so I do both. I, 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 again, I go back and forth. I let them go on their own when I'm letting them go on their own first. Yep. We're on the end of the bars. Yep. Uh, so again, so I'm, I'm doing a ton of the spotting to L grip, hopping the hands, so I do a lot of that. I, I'll make sure they're hopping their hands on their own mm. a ton because I don't want them b- doing bad body positions yeah. on the peach. And at the same time, I'll have phases where they're they're kind of making it. Okay, now I'm stepping away. Now go back, try to make L grip handstand and jump on the other side of the bars on your own. Yep. Try to make L grip handstand come back down to your back. But I want to see, can you go all the way through L grip and then jump off on the other side? Because now you're getting the complete open all the way through vertical, taking the hop out of it, getting all the way up to vertical, and then jumping down. Yep. Okay, now try hopping. You know, and they've done, they've obviously done a lot with me. Okay, now try hopping on your own. They'll get on the end of the bars and try to hop, and some will kind of dump it over. Some will hop and fall out on the backside. But they start finding that drill because they don't have any any risk of falling short on the backside because they're on the end of the bars, mm. man, they feel so much more safe and just going for it yep. because they don't have to worry about catching and falling and forward rolling out on the bars. They can just go up. And if I don't go, I flat back like I've done for the last year, year and a half yeah. learning this skill. Yep. So now they have a little bit more option of trying to go up I and mean, they'll bend their arms first. Nobody does lock arm peach handstand. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Nobody does it. Yeah. They'll do the bent arm peach and push. But for me, uh, uh, trying to go peach handstand and bend their arms a little bit and swinging through is better than doing the 10,000 peach to supports. Yeah. Peach to support. And the peach support is an important thing to learn how to get your shoulders on top of your hands, keep your elbows locked, switching your hands. That's an important stage when you're learning a peach to compete a peach, but that doesn't teach the peach handstand. Mm. What teaches a peach handstand is going to vertical and doing a peach handstand. Right. You know, you don't stick with a, a free up to, to stand forever and say, okay, that's going to teach a handstand. you got to go to handstand and make mistakes. Uh, you know, just like everything else out there in the world that we keep reading and hearing, you know, let, let the kids make a mistake. Uh, you learn more from the mistake than you learn from doing it perfect because, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I know I did it good. What did I do to get there? Mm. And a lot of times they don't know what they did to get there. But a lot of times when a kid makes a mistake on something, Ooh, I made a mistake. I know not to do that again. Yeah, yeah. So you learn a little bit more not to do the, the bad things. So let them make the mistakes. Let them go bent arms a little bit and pushing up the handstand. But that, in my opinion, will turn into a peach handstand locked elbows more than just doing peach support 9 million times. Yep. And so by kind of using this, and that's where I was. I was stuck. I was stuck. Look, I could do peach support locked elbows, but I can't get guys to go to peach handstand. Mm. They keep doing this lock support here or they go peach to shoulder stand and they're dumping. Where am I? What am I missing? And so that's where this whole 
uh, development came from was I was missing that that phase at the peach, which I just couldn't figure out. And so when, when Moss and I sat down and really went through this, this makes sense to me. This makes total sense, this stepping stone. And the idea of getting the shoulders to create the circle at the bottom, mm. uh, whether it's free hip or whether it's the basket, that's what made sense to me. And it still makes sense. I look at anybody's peach and my eyes attract to that round position and then creating the circle all the way around. And then that's where my mind goes. And I see it right away and I can find the, the, the appropriate, which part of these drills I think would help them. Uh, and I can help make those mistakes, change those mistakes and, and, and make a better peach just because my eyes have been retrained for lack of better words. Yeah, for looking sure. At it. And, and so this is, this is kind of my, my development and, uh, of going to the peach and, and the next steps of peach halves, uh, honestly are, are, you know, the, then you got the debate of, do you go peach traditional, mm. and, you know, when you do the swing half turn, like on high bar, or do you do the peach, what you see the peach reverse pirouette. Yeah. And again, I think that depends on your athlete. I've done both, uh, going way back. Horton did traditional, uh, but he hopped literally let go of the bars. There's a, he has a very awesome picture. I had a picture of him. I think at, I think he was competing for OU and it was right in the middle of the phase. And he has both hands completely off the bar <laughs> getting ready to grab to do a traditional peach half. Yeah. And that was a problem that I always had with him. Uh, and, and again, this was before I developed this path and I, I didn't have as much knowledge. Uh, when he came back to me and we were developing it, we always had a little inconsistent with that peach. It's like, look, what we can make this better if we do peach half with a reverse pirouette. And we went to reverse pe- pirouette, and he was like, dude, I don't know what I was doing with the other peach. Yeah, yeah. This is way easier. Yeah. Uh, and it's easier for a lot of people. Um, it just depends on the kid. Uh, right now, I have one kid doing peach traditional. He's learning that, and he's done it pretty well. And I've got a couple other kids doing peach half reverse pirouette. So I think it depends on which action works better for your kid. Yeah. And it's not size dependent. It's not, it just depends on the kid. I experiment with both. Cool. Uh, I experiment with both, but I always experiment on the end of the bars. They've gotten comfortable doing the peach half this way. We do peach half for reverse pirouette. We simply do a peach handstand reverse pirouette a lot. Yeah. Uh, And then we'll get up on the bars and I have a series where we do, uh, my series for that is I go peach, I go peach and I I see if I see my hands, I go peach to one bar Mm -hmm. where the one hand doesn't change and you're just grabbing the bar in this grip. Yeah. And then we'll do peach where we do uh, English handstand. Then we'll do peach to one bar here. So we'll go peach. Don't let go of the bar. Go to one bar for yep. like reverse pirouette. Yep. And then we'll go peach, change the hand for reverse pirouette, and then we kind of go through that sequence. Sure. Uh, I did it with Brooks. I did it with Horton. I've done it with a bunch of guys who've done peach half. Matt Winsky does an awesome peach half right now uh, for OU uh, that we did that same process. But and at the same time, I've done peach traditional with some guys. Uh, Dylan Akers, a kid of mine way back in the day, who was one of the kids that I used to do this <laughs> yeah. process with yeah. Moss. Yeah. Uh, he had a great peach half, a great uh, traditional peach half. So right. it just depends on the athlete when you start talking about halves. Uh, just know that if you do peach reverse pirouette, that doesn't turn into peach Diamondoff. Mm, yeah. uh, if you're really looking that way with your athlete, so you're going to eventually have to teach peach traditional. Uh, but I know guys uh, who've done peach reverse pirouette and peach Diamondoff. Mm. They just work well. Yep. So it, again, that's when you get to that level, of an athlete, it's all dependent on what his uh, his body type is and what he feels better for. It's not like okay, you got to learn it this way. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, it's what's best for them. Cool. That was awesome, man. I just learned a ton. That was fantastic. 
Yeah, it's well, a, the peaches, it's a frustrating skill. It yeah, really that's, that's what I was going to say. It's uh, frustrating. And, and that's, I was, that's where I was at. You know, it was, God, I want to say it was 2005 when we developed this, maybe, maybe 2004, but I mean, I'd been coaching for, you know, 10, 11 years at that point yeah. in time. And I was still frustrated. Yeah. And I was like, I got to relearn. I, I'm stuck. I know the skill is going to be very, very important. It was just on the edge of starting that way. Uh, of seeing the peach was coming back and going to be very important. I was like, I got to learn now. Mm. And so I just, I needed to retrain my brain. And uh, I, I think Moss, anytime I ever seen him, I was like, dude, that series uh, was uh, a game changer for me teaching P-bars. Mm. Uh, and I, it's just something that I get now. I can, I go to camps all the time and I'll see guys doing peaches and I'm like, I, I want to jump in because I see <laughs> yeah. my brain sees it differently now. Yeah. And so uh, this was a game changer for me. And I know it's, it's a very frustrating skill for a lot of people because it's, it's different, you know, okay. Yeah. It's a stall or it's a free up, but it, the, the, the athlete doesn't see it that way and yeah. doesn't feel it that way. Cause yeah. it's a different grip. Yeah. And as much as we say as coaches, Oh, it's just grabbing the bars like this versus this. It is different. And it's, it's time consuming. It mm. takes forever. And us as coaches are not the most patient people sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And we want to get skills and okay. Yeah. We can do a peach handstand. You're 14. Other guys are doing it. We can do this. And we tend to get in a little bit of a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, by starting a little bit earlier, you can kind of be ready to go, ready to go, ready to go, and then you can go fast. Sure, yeah. Uh, a little bit later. So, I, uh, I I really believe in these drills, and I I, I use them religiously. Mm. It's amazing, man. I think it's fantastic that people are going to hear a lot of good systems and progress. Is there any parting words of wisdom that you think are things we didn't touch upon, or you, I think we got most of it? You know, with the peach, it's just you know, be patient. Yeah. You know, be patient. It's just like you know, a lot of stuff in our sports. Sometimes things do come fast. Uh, and you'll get a kid every once in a while that understands the drop and understands getting up up tall, and and it works great for him. Yeah, uh, just be patient uh, with it. And uh, you got a kid that drops drops well and and, and does it. Man, take advantage. Yep. Take advantage. Yeah, because if you can get a good peach and you can use it, uh, sky's a limit. Yeah, sky's a limit. Because if right, they understand right. a peach, <laughs> most cases they understand a giant. Yep. And man, go for it. Yep. Get after it. Sweet. Well, Tom, man, as always, thank you. You crushed it as always and uh, get ready for a, a flood of either inbox emails or people wanting to know more. Absolutely, man. I love it. Uh, love to just <clears throat> help out as much as I can. So let me know whatever else you need. Sounds good, man. We'll tackle this. Like I said, you're going to become a monthly installment. So Sounds great. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Right, bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for your time and your attention. I truly appreciate you following along and listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a huge favor, head on over to iTunes or Spotify, rate and review the podcast. Um, that way we can just get more information to the people who want to hear it. We can also get more feedback from the guests about what you guys want to know about who you want to have on, things of that nature. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you guys have a wonderful day.
Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful and that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.